Um, so next week, we are going to be setting in one new elder and two new stewards on our leadership team. And that, that's good. Some of you are like, uh, listen. Also, um, both of our overseeing elders are going to be here for that. Uh, Pastor Eric Hewlett and Nick Lesmeister are going to be here. Pastor Eric Susan is uh, Eric Hewlett and his wife Susan. Uh, Eric is going to be preaching, and you, you don't. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss. This is my pastor. Pastor Eric is my pastor. You don't want to miss him preaching. He's going to be here doing that. But we're also going to be announcing a new staff member. Okay? So next week is, is super important. So excited to be adding to and strengthening our uh, upper leadership. These two areas of government, really three areas. And for you guys to get to, to, get to meet and to hear from, see um, our overseeing elders, they're not here that often. And so when they are, you want to be sure to be here. This is going to be, let me just say this. This is going to be one of the most important services you could attend at Soma Church. Okay? Now you might be thinking, why? Because a congregation is only as healthy as its government. Listen to me, church. This is my whole sermon in one sentence tonight. A congregation is only as healthy as its government. I think you guys could probably all, all guess that Soma's not uh, a perfect church. We're not perfect. By no means are we perfect. But Soma is a healthy church. A large part of the reason that you guys experience um, peace and, and feel safe and you, you feel the love and the acceptance and the forgiveness of the Lord when you walk into these doors is because of a godly government. You may not realize that, but it is. Now listen, I've said government three times already. And it's probably hard for you not to immediately think politics, right? But I'm not talking about politics, it's a critical voting season. I get how your mind wanders over to politics, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about politics. Government doesn't equal politics. Government is about a way of life and leadership. Now listen, it's about a standard of existing, okay? A, a culture, a way of existing, a standard of life, okay? Who we are. Um, how we roll, but it's also about the people who promote and protect that standard. Now, when you think of it that way, you realize that government exists in every realm of our life. Certainly national government. Okay, you, you could say that the, um, the U.S. Constitution is the standard right? The constitution was meant to establish a very specific culture, right? right? The promoters and the protectors of that standard, of that culture, are what we might call politicians. 
But our Constitution, our unique Constitution, the American Constitution also puts um, promotional and protective power in the hands of the people too, doesn't it? Are you listening to me? Right? Yeah, if not more so, if not more so than the politicians, the people have the, the power to promote and protect. Don't get me started though, I gotta calm down. Think about this, every place of commerce, every place you do business has its own standard of existence. Think about your favorite place to eat. What's your favorite place to eat? Let me hear a few. Don Juan's, Don Juan's Chick-fil-A, hey. It's always the same, isn't it? Chick-fil-A, it's always the same. It always tastes the same, good service. I've never had bad service that I can remember at Chick-fil-A. They're off on Sundays. That's their, that is their standard of existence. People will be smiling. Yes, we have a Chick-fil-A guy up here. Listen, think about your, uh, your favorite place to shop. So what are some of your favorite stores? Huh? Academy, is that what you said? Think about it. We go, we, we're shopping and we're doing commerce and business all over the place all the time. You go to Academy. You, you have a place maybe that you take your car for repairs. You have places you like to shop. Even online stores have their own standard of existence. They have very specific visions and values and mottos coin phrases and slogans. You guys know what I'm talking about? Um, in all of those places of commerce, those places of business, there are executives somewhere leading and there are employees who work to promote and protect the culture of that organization. Isn't that right? Even customers have the power to promote and protect the culture of that organization. Think about the places that you, that you eat. Whenever we throw away the trash after we eat like they ask us to and provide that handy-dandy trash can with the hole that honestly is, it isn't always big enough to put our stuff in there. But that's not their issue. You eat too much. But they provide the trash can, right? Listen, when we do what they ask and we throw our trash away, we are promoting, we are protecting the culture of that store. What if nobody threw the trash away? Everybody just left it there. There's going to be trash everywhere. The employees who are not supposed to be spending all their time doing that are now having to you know, be exhausted putting up everybody's trash. And now the happy faces that we're supposed to have at Chick-fil-A are mad at us because we won't throw our trash away. The whole culture has shifted. You guys hear what I'm saying? Amen. Yes. When we tell people about our favorite mechanic or our favorite restaurant or our, our favorite place to shop, what are we doing? We are promoting that organization that we love. You get it? Your home has a government. You ever thought about that? The way that you exist, the way the herrings exist, the way the tailors exist, the way the mirages exist. There is a culture, there is a standard in your home. Fathers and mothers who establish and uphold a standard in the home. When a parent tells their child to clean the room, 
They are promoting a standard. Isn't that right? Yes. When the kids disobey and they won't keep their room clean, the parents protect that culture by disciplining them one way or the other. Right? <laughs> yes. Listen to this. And, and if you're a kid here, you're of the kid age. Listen, every time you obey your parents and whatever the standard is they're trying to uphold, every time you do that, you are promoting and protecting the culture of your own home. You want it to be a, a safe place, a peaceful place? Be a part, kids, of promoting and protecting the culture in your own home. Amen? Which is a good reminder that every person has to learn to self-govern. All of us. We have to learn to self-govern. And we really only have two personal options of, of, of governments <laughs> to choose from. Think about it. We can promote the culture of God's kingdom. Or we can promote the culture of Satan's kingdom. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, it says, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in his inheritance of the saints in light. So what we inherit in, in, inherit in God is, is light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. So you have a domain of darkness and a kingdom of light. A kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. Those are the two options. We either follow God the Father from whom all things came and for whom we exist, right? 1 Corinthians 8. We follow the Father, God the Father, or we follow the Father of lies, which is what Satan is called in John chapter 8, verse, verse uh, 44. You see what I'm saying? You see the two? Those are the two governments we choose. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and, and 7, it says, when this is familiar to us, because we love Christmas, and this is a messianic prophecy that we pull out around Christmas time. It says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of peace. Who's this talking about? Yeah, we know this is talking about Jesus. Verse 7 says, there, listen, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Don't you love that? Because he's the prince of peace. This word government here, it said it twice. I don't know if you noticed that there in Isaiah 9. The word government means rule. So what it means, it means rule. It can mean dominion. It can mean authority. But by and large, it means rule. Government means rule. Listen, to give your life to Jesus, which I would say most of us in this room have done, to give your life to Jesus means that we come under his rule. We now exist in his kingdom. Like we're, we're part of his culture. Do you guys get that? I know we don't ever think in these realms, but this is, this is the stuff. We exist in his, we're a part of his culture. And we have given him authority. Listen to me. We have given Jesus the authority to promote and protect 
that peaceful culture in our lives. And we've promised, we've committed to be a promoter and a protector of that peace in the environments that he places us in. Work, school, family. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace. Live at peace. We can. Why? Because that's the kingdom we live in. That's the culture we promote and protect. That is what is up in our life. That's our heart. That's our desire. But it wasn't always our desire, was it? <laughs> the apostle Paul points that out in Ephesians chapter 2. Listen, you were, there's that big word, W-E-R-E. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to walk when you conformed in the ways of the world and of the ruler of the power of the air, the ruler or the prince of the power of the air. So you got the prince of peace, the ruler of the kingdom of God or the ruler or the prince of the power of the air. You see the two options again? <laughs> talking about Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the sons of disobedience. All of us have lived among them at one time, fulfilling the cravings of our flesh, indulging in its desires and its thoughts. So you see that. I love this because it, it, it affirms that we have chosen a different government. We are submitting to a new ruler, not the, of the spirit that is in the work of the sons of disobedience, but those who are submitting to the Prince of Peace and carrying peace everywhere we go. Amen. Amen. It was the father of lies. Y'all remember those days? Remember the days when we just served the father of lies? God, so many lies. So much deception. That old kingdom, we were a part of that. We used to walk and conform to the ways of the world. We used to submit to the prince of the power of the air. But now, it's the father of lights with whom there is no variation, no shifting of shadows, it says in James chapter one. That's the two options when we self-govern. Submit to the father of lies or to the father of light. Amen? Amen. We are now in Christ Jesus under a much better constitution. Let me define constitution really quick so you can see this. A constitution is a body of fundamental principles or established precedents according to which a state or other organizations is acknowledged to be governed. Everybody say governed. governed. Yes. And this is where the real rub, honestly, in every realm of government exists, whether it's national government or family government or organizational government or church government. You have the existing standards, right? The standard of existing, the culture, um, um, the stated constitution, how we roll, right? And you have the people who promote and protect the Constitution. Think about our national Constitution. Think about the Constitution, the United States Constitution. How does it start? We remember, we, were, we memorized it in fifth grade, people. Y'all say it with me. 
people. Yes, you see that? It starts with we the people. In order to form, look at all these. We the people of the United States, in order to form, it's like they were thinking about it. Look at them. They're like, hmm, what do we want? What's the culture that we want? We know what we came from, right? If you know your history, we don't want that. Let's talk about it. Let's write some things. Let's jot some things down. What standard of existing, what culture do we want in this country that we're establishing, that we're forming? We, the people of the United States, in in order to form, uh, let's say, a more perfect union. What if we were to establish justice and ensure domestic tranquility or peace? It'd be cool if we could provide for the common defense and promote the general welfare. What if we were able to secure the blessings of liberty, freedom, to ourselves and our posterity. In other words, for generations and generations and generations. Amen? Amen. The government in your home has the ability to affect your kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. I don't even know what I'm talking about. We do ordain, we the people ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. (laughs) We the people, without people who promote and protect the um, prescribed culture, man, it's just ink on paper. Isn't that right? It's just ink on paper. It's just some philosophy that can fly away with the wind. Government is a two-sided coin. Let me say it that way. Government is a two-sided coin. On one side, you have the the stated standard, right? You have the desired culture. It made me think, and I I want you to look at this video. Look at this Burger King commercial. y'all hear that? I love the way he said, flame broiled, never fried. (laughs) That's awesome. Fixed fresh, serve hot. Your way, right away. Man, I love those standards. Love that motto. Love those slogans, right? Listen, here's what's funny. I was an employee of Burger King. For two years in high school. Did y'all notice the date on that? Anybody see that? 1991. That's when I worked there. That was the standard I was to uphold. (laughs) Flame broiled, never fried. Your way, right away. The problem is, sometimes I did not uphold the motto. I didn't fulfill the standard. Somebody's desperately calling out, Wapa cheese, no onion. Wapa cheese, no onion. But I'm jacking around in the cooler, you know. I'm back there doing something, hiding from somebody, acting a fool. And all of a sudden, where's Herring at? And there were two Tonys that worked at Burger King. And so there was a Tony 
that already worked there, black guy, guy I went to high school with, Tony Atkins. And so to keep from getting confused, they used my middle name. I was Lee. Where's Lee at? I don't know. And then one of the guys that knew I was jacking around the cooler would go boom, 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 boom. I'd be like, oh gosh. So I come up there, what, what, what do you got? Whopper cheese, no onion. I'm gonna make it. And they get it late. What is it? Fresh, uh, fixed, fresh, served hot? It wasn't. <laughs> and it had onions all over it. Why? Because I wasn't paying attention. Okay? I was not upholding the standard. Listen to me. Listen to me. If that person didn't get it their way right away, served fresh, served hot, it wasn't Burger King's Constitution's problem. It was the fault of the constituent, Tony Herring. I'm the one that was jacking around in the cooler. You picking up what I'm laying down? Again, on one side, you have the stated standard. You have the desired culture. But on the other side of the government coin is the people. It takes both, right? A healthy constitution, the standard of existing, and healthy constituents, those who promote and protect that standard. Amen. That's why Soma Church, though hardly perfect, is healthy. Soma has a godly government led by godly people. Not perfect people. I, can't, I couldn't find any. And God couldn't find one. So he said, hey, Tony, would you want to do this? Well, we'll sure try, God. Not perfect people, but godly people with a godly government. Now, let me show you what I mean. Can you put this up there? Look up here on the screen. You're going to see a simple way that we um, express this. We say that Soma is elder-governed, pastor-led, staff-ran, church-owned. Now, you'll also see the stewards up there and overseeing elders. But let's, let's go through those basic four. Elder-governed, pastor-led, staff-ran, church-owned. Number one, elder-governed. First, let me just tell you that there are two primary church governments of choice what you would call elder rule and congregational rule. Elder rule just means it's a team of elders that work together in unity to make large uh, and long-lasting decisions of the church, to govern the church, versus a congregational rule where the congregation comes together to vote on such decisions. Okay, now there are healthy churches that have a congregational rule model of church government? There are. But Soma believes that an elder rule, elder governed model is what scripture seems to promote most and will practically lend towards the health of a church. And so in Hebrews 13, let me share this with you. And, and there were scriptures all over the place. And so you can write those down. But in Hebrews 13, verse 17, it says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Now, that language is really kind of feels ugh, tough and awkward. Here's what it's really saying. It's saying, trust those who rule over you. It's really what it's saying. Not obey in a, in a um, uh, obey kind of way, but like trust. Trust those who rule over you and follow. That's what that means. Trust those 
who rule over you and follow. It says, for they watch out for your souls as those who give an account. Let them do so with joy and not grief, for that wouldn't be profitable to you. Elders in an elder rule situation, and, and here at Soma Church, elders make governing... I don't know what that is, but it sounds really cool. That was the coolest thing that's ever happened at Soma Church. Did y'all hear that? I mean, I, was, I started shaking. I hope that wasn't a stumbling block for anybody in this room. Man, that was awesome. Can we keep that in the podcast or something? What was that? His base amp? Is it possessed? What kingdom does it serve? <laughs> right? We'll let her... Uh, We'll let her just unplug that mug. Yeah. If it starts screeching now, we'll know something's up. That was pretty funny. Thank you, Becca. This is why our staff makes the big bucks, man. They know what to do at the right time. So that's the weirdest thing. One of the weirdest things. It's not the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing that ever happened when I don't have time to share that. What was I talking about? So elders in an elder rule situation. And this is how we roll at Soma. Elders make governing decisions that we believe promote the culture of our church. You hear what I'm saying? But listen, there are times when we also have to have hard conversations that we believe will protect the culture of our church because people are people and attitudes can arise and circumstances that um, are a little more guided by the flesh than by the spirit can happen. And when that happens, we say, whoa, that's not how we roll. We need to talk about that. And sometimes those conversations are hard. Elders have those kind of conversations because we believe not only in promoting the culture, but what's the point of promoting it if we're not also going to protect it? Amen? This takes elders to do this well. This takes elders who love God and who love people. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, listen to what Paul says. This is great. This is great. He says, we urge you then, brothers, and he's talking to the congregation, to recognize, very important word, recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and who admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace. Isn't that interesting? He follows that up with be at peace. Be at peace among yourselves. What does this tell us? This tells us that the ability to follow based upon trust, like what we just talked about, is directly tied to the quality of the men we are asked to follow. Isn't that right, church? He says, recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. They serve among us. They lead because they love. I got to keep going. That, that, uh, that dance thing, it threw us off a little bit. Okay, so let me just keep going for the sake of time. Um, elder governed, pastor led. 
Okay, it's commonly and generally uh, and well understood that uh, the senior pastor, the lead pastor of the church is the one that leads, that gives a visionary direction um, in most things, uh, in doctrine and in practice and evangelism and those kinds of things. It doesn't mean he does everything, but he oversees and he gives direction. Now, that's true of Soma Church. That's the primary, one of the primary roles of mine and Melissa's, but Anytime we have vision, we have direction, we have ideas, we bring those under submission to our elders. Do you understand that? We can't just go and do anything we want to do when we do it. We present those thoughts and ideas to our elders. And if there's unanimity, unanimity it's there, if we're all together on the decision, then we'll move forward in whatever it is. You understand? That's the way that we're... So we're under authority because we're governed by elders. Elder governed, pastor led, staff ran. That means that we have a fantastic team of both paid and unpaid people who do stuff. We have paid staff and we have volunteer staff. And they all do super significant things, but they run this place. They, they take care of things that sometimes we don't even know about. Amen? Yes. Elder governed, pastor led, staff ran church owned. That just means that we're all in this together. Isn't that right? We're all in this together. Remember, we just read in 1 Thessalonians 5 where he says, we urge you brothers to recognize your leaders. He spends a little second talking about those who rule with godliness over you. But then look what he says. He goes on in verse uh, 14. He says, now we exhort you. Let's talk about you. He says, now we exhort you brothers, you congregation, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. In other words, it's everybody's job to promote and protect the culture. You hear me? It's all of our jobs. We get what we get, right? We get what we go for. He goes on, he says, see to it that no one renders evil for evil. He's talking to the people. Be, uh, be, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Everybody should pray without ceasing and everything. Give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Everybody, listen up. Everyone, do not quench the spirit. Everyone, do not despise prophecy. Everyone needs to test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Everyone needs to abstain from every form of evil. And this is a, this is a um, favorite conversation, I think, for the Apostle Paul. He writes about it in Ephesians. Here in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, he says, In fact, God has arranged the members of the body, every one of them, according to his design. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And he goes on and he says, If one part suffers... The whole thing suffers. But if one part rejoices, everyone receives honor. That's the way it works. It's church owned. Elder governed, pastor led, staff ran, church owned. Say, I own this thing. Yes. Let's talk really quick about stewards. You notice under there that says deacons. That's a term that most of us are familiar with. We, we chose the word uh, stewards because there's so many things that are being stewarded and we want to steward well. Stewards are financial and ministerial counsel and support to the elders. 
you want to learn more about that, you can read that in scripture. The best place to get an understanding of it is in Acts chapter 6, where it says that the Hellenistic or the Gentile, the Greek widows, came to the apostles and said, man, we hungry. We're not getting our portion of food. The Jewish widows are, but we're over here hungry. I honestly don't know that the apostle, the apostles knew they had a bunch of Hellenistic widows. Maybe they did. I love that they didn't say, hey, don't tell us how to do our job. Don't you know that we're men of God? That wasn't their attitude at all. I think they were like, oh, gosh, we didn't even know. We need to do something about this. The problem is, is that our time doesn't need to be spent waiting tables. We need to be spending time in prayer and the teaching of the word of God. So what are we going to do about this? And one of the apostles, maybe even Peter, had a great idea. Let's set in men and women just like us, qualified, godly, seeking the Lord, faithful to oversee this. And what we see is the first deacons. Elder overall means um, overseer or shepherd. Deacon means servant. Doesn't mean that elders don't serve, but the roles are very distinct. You understand? Do you understand? Yes. First Timothy 3 says that deacons likewise must be quality. They must also lead with love. Let's talk about overseeing elders real quick and show this picture up there if you wouldn't mind. Overseeing elders are outside sources of wisdom and encouragement and accountability. We currently have two, um, two overseeing elders, Pastor Eric and Nick Lesmeister. They live in Dallas, but we're also connected to the Gateway Network of Churches. In that network, I have two guys that are um, in constant communication with me and me with them. One is Pastor Mark Job, and another one is Pastor David Vestal. Now, through this uh, uh, network, I've also met a couple of other guys that I've really connected with that are just like, uh, uh, uncles, I call one of them Uncle Dave because he's not much older than me. Church isn't much further along than ours is. And so he's like an uncle, you know what I mean? And I, I get great wisdom and counsel from him. So it's like the network has given us a lot of overseeing elder and wisdom. But these are our overseeing elders, Eric, Nick, and again, the Gateway Network overall. We're really, really glad to be a part of the Gateway Network of churches Okay, so listen, next week we will be setting in one new elder and two new stewards or deacons. And I'd like to share with you a little bit of, of the process because some of you like that kind of stuff. It's important to you. And if it's not important to you, I hope after today it actually becomes more important to you. The process of selection really starts with the biblical qualifications of an elder. And you can read those, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1, 1 Peter 5, all talks about what that person should be like. And, and in 1 Timothy 3, it says that the, these same qualifications are really the same um, for stewards or, or deacons. Now listen, in 1 Timothy 3, and I encourage you to read this on your own, in 1 Timothy 3, Paul says that elders are to be faithful men of God. Okay, so we follow that model. But he says that deacons can be men and women. Now, we currently don't have women on our um, steward team, but we hope to in the near future. 
Everybody say, amen. Do we need to get the thing started again? Uh, we'll turn that thing on and cut a rug right here in front of y'all. So there's biblical qualifications of elders. You can read those on your own. But we also have some elder qualifications that are unique to SOMA. Okay, first of all, you must be 35 years of age or older. Okay, now moving forward after this one, we're moving that to 40 years old. You might be thinking, why? That's weird. Listen, there was a time when as long as you were 27 years old, you could be an elder at SOMA Church. <laughs> That's true. We were like, everybody was young. And Melissa and I were the oldest ones. We were like 31 years old. We need some elders. It's like everybody's, you know, 12, you know. So we thought, well, 27 is a good age because they're, 27 is when God really started doing some major deeper works in my life. So I, I said, 27. And then eventually we moved it to 30. And this round it was 35. But in the future it's going to be 40. Because honestly, listen, it's just in the last year and a half to two years around that, that we've even had people of, let's just say the gray haired persuasion. <laughs> now I am becoming a part of that crowd. I'm not quite vintage. And so we're really excited about, um, the, the spread of age demographic that God's bringing to Soma church. Amen. So who knows one of these days, maybe the elder age will be 50. And then 60. And then 120. Jesus said it. The last days will be like the days of Noah. People will be old. No, I think that's what he meant. Now, right now, we don't have an age limit on our stewards. We don't. Okay, now that doesn't mean that you should nominate your eight-year-old to be a steward of so much church, you know. It just means that um, in that role, it, the age is not as, uh, as significant. Um, young people have a lot of things to offer. Amen. They do. If you're young, you have a lot to offer. King David had a lot to offer to the armies of Israel, didn't he? Yes, he did. Amen. Boy. Turn it back on. Okay. Um, they must be a covenant member. Having completed physiology, you've got to be a covenant member of Soma Church. You must be actively involved with Soma Church for at least two years. Now, when I say actively involved... What that means is, and if you've been through physiology, you've heard some of this. It means that you uphold the four pillars of covenant membership. The way we express that is be here, live here, serve here, give here. Be here as much as your schedule will allow on the weekend or in other services. We get that sometimes you've got, got to be out of town, but as much as you can, be here. Live here means be in a small group. Get involved in the community here. Don't just come on Sundays. It's good. It's real good. But that's not everything you need. Be in a life group. Uh, serve here. Do something in this house to serve others. Amen? Do something. Whatever it is that you loved about this place when you came, be a part of making that the experience for someone else. Amen? And then give here. We're a church that believes in tithes and um, free will offerings. I don't have time to teach on that. But the men that are selected or even considered are men that faithfully have upheld those four things at Soma Church for at least two years. Why is that important? Because you can know with confidence that the people that serve in these positions are trusted men. They're faithful. 
if they, if even one of those isn't right, they can give all the money. They can be the biggest givers in the church. But if they're not involved in a small group or serve somewhere at Soma Church, they're not even considered. Remember what I said, government is not about politics. It's about a culture and those who lead that culture. And we're after godly government. Amen? That's why I can listen to my elders when they speak into my life. Because I trust them. They're faithful men. Amen? Amen. And they must be nominated for consideration by existing elders. Why do we do it that way? Because we're the ones that know what we're looking for in an eldership. And we're looking for people that are already elding somehow in the church. Why would I put someone as an elder that doesn't do anything for anybody but themselves? That happens all the time. I say pay now or pay later. Let's pay now. And let's look for the ones that aren't perfect. Good grief. If that was the qualification, I couldn't be standing up here right now. You guys just saw me dance. That was terrible. Once they've been considered and nominated, these, men's, these men are approached about the opportunity. If they're interested, I have them write an essay called A Life That Lines Up. And they have to tell me about their life. Why, why, why do you think your life lines up to this role? What I love, I've, we've never had any essay come back that was like, well, let me tell you why you want me. First of all, look at me. We've never had that. <laughs> if anything, people are like, I, I, don't, I don't know why you would be selecting me. I'm humbled. I, 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 genu I genuinely, I don't know. And they do their very best to put themselves up against the qualifications. That's the first indicator that we should have considered them. Because they're humble. Amen. And then the elders and I begin spending a lot of time with these men in various settings. Discussing various topics. Everything from doctrine to practical ministry. And just to see if it's a right fit for the right season. And even if someone doesn't come on as an elder... Um, at that time, it doesn't mean that they're not qualified. It just might not be the right season for them because of their schedules, their time, their commitments, or maybe based upon the specific needs in that season for the church. You understand? So, listen, we've spent a lot of time with these three that we'll be promoting next week, and we're super excited about seeing them be encouragers and promoters and protectors of culture in a greater capacity here in our congregation. And I hope you're equally excited about it. And, and I hope that even right now, you're thinking, I got to be here next week. For one, I want to know who these people are, <laughs> right? But also to hear from Pastor Eric and meet our overseeing elders. And just to get a close-up look at, at why Soma Church is a healthy church, not a perfect church but a healthy church. Amen? So please, please be here. I want to close with this. If you would stand with me. I'm just going to make this statement and encourage you for a moment and pray over you. 
Here's the statement I want to make. As a church and as a leadership, we believe that every believer should aspire to the maturity, the spiritual maturity of an elder. That quality of a life in Christ isn't reserved for some upper level leadership role. It is what God is calling everyone to in Christ Jesus, to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received in Christ Jesus. All of us should aspire to that level of spiritual maturity, whether we're ever considered for an elder or a deacon or anything else. It's about this. It's about learning to have the very best self-government that we can. How are we governing our own life? What kingdom are we serving? Amen. Can I pray for you? Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. I'm so grateful that for such a time as this, you have brought these people into our congregation and you have promoted these leaders that we will learn about next week. And you're doing something that is unique to your body of Christ here at Soma. This expression of the church. We ask that you would be faithful to finish what you've started. And I pray for everyone here that if they heard nothing else, that they heard how important it is to aspire to a greater level of spiritual maturity, to grow into the stature of the maturity of Jesus Christ himself, to excel in love, to grow in peace, to learn to be patient and kind. All the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, I pray by your Spirit and in the name of Jesus, amen.